Maybe that's a feeling of agitation caused by the presence or imminence of danger. Why do you think people believe in ghosts? Good thing I found these mushrooms, I was fucking starving. Thank you for watching over May and making us feel so welcome here. Please continue to look Please after us. Please continue to look after us. Last one home's a rotten egg. We don't really have a lot of room or elsewhere, but what are you doing? We're on vacation. <laughs> yes, vacation. So we're sharing. Mm -hmm. a... Are you doing this from a phone?
I go and I buy, like, all this, like, microphone stuff, like a pop filter and everything, and you guys are just like, ah, we're doing it on our phones, don't care. We we weren't thinking we were going to be here at all, as we said before. (laughs) And as as they have pointed out on our vacation, you are not supposed to plan for vacation. It just... (laughs) It wasn't. It wasn't anything personal. I, I literally just like did a rant to Dave about like equipment and recording like not two minutes ago. <laughs> it's like, well, I have uh, equipment. It's just back at the house where I will have it for the next time I'm on. Well, <laughs> how do how do I how do I sound to you guys? Sound good. Sound good. Your picture looks very fuzzy, but that's uh... well. That's because there's a microphone in front of the. I was just showing off. The setup. I'll, I'll shut that off. Ah. But, uh, yeah. So, this was a different one. It's like, everything we've seen so far has had, like, a lethal cataclysm as part of the plot. So, it's like, okay, who are we gonna kill? It's like, alright, mom dies? No? Grandma dies? No? Oh, oh we're killing the little kid, okay. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I was just, like, watching the whole time, like, alright, something bad's gonna happen. Oh, no, this is... Huh. No, this is the other Ghibli film that came out in 88. You're thinking Grave of the Fireflies. That's literally the only other Ghibli film I've ever seen. That's a depressing one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was very meh. I was like... Oh. Well, since, mm. since I've gotten uh, the, this, col- uh, this uh, Ill- illegal collection, um... <laughs> um <laughs> I, uh, I have watched Lakuta, Grave of the uh, 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 Fireflies, Whisper of the Heart, and I'm halfway through Princess Minoka and now Tortoro. Oh, so you've seen most of the really good ones. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, the best ones. Uh, for the most part, I guess. Um, uh, this is a 17 illegal film collection, so... Um, wow. Yeah. Um... So, um, but, uh, let's get this, uh, show started if everyone's ready. Um, okay. I figure I'm going to just pull up, uh, uh, uh something real quick, uh, since I figured, since no, uh, uh, you guys didn't plan, uh, on coming on, um, I figured I would, uh, uh, uh unless, Dustin, unless you wanted to pull a Mad Hatter and wanted to, because you did choose this film, did you want to host um, I'll let one of you guys host. Okay. Well, I'll just pull up, um, something here really quick. Oh, God damn it. Hold on a second. Alrighty. Uh, my water was so on the other side of this damn room. Nah. The so, hello. Oh, we're starting. Hello, everyone. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is David Streggy. This is Inside Movies Galore for the uh, last episode in our anime August themed um, month. So, uh, so uh, tonight we have an exciting family film for uh, uh, for you. Uh, which was directed by, uh, by Hayao, Hayao uh, Miyazaki. Miyazaki. Or Miyazaki. 
And uh, this film uh, is called My Neighbor Totoro. Uh, and it was filmed in 1988. And uh, I'm just going to give uh, IMDb's synopsis here. Uh, here. Um, uh, when two girls move to the country to be near their ailing mother, they have adventures with the wondrous forest spirits who live nearby. So, um, uh, I, I guess um, we have several people here in the room. Uh, uh, so, Brandon, what, uh, how are you doing? Good, good. Uh, Jake, how are you doing? Good. Awesome. And Dustin, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm fine. Okay. okay. This was a pretty good movie. <laughs> so, well, uh, uh, since you spoke up about it, why don't you tell us your first impressions? Okay, well, um, I'd never done, I'd never seen this before, and the only Studio Ghibli movie I had seen was Grave of the Fireflies. So, and on top of that, every movie we've watched for Anime Month has involved some sort of lethal cataclysm, like <laughs> involving <Whoa>. multiple deaths, <coughs> and. Uh, so, the whole time I was watching this, I mean, I had no idea what to expect, so I was like, okay, who are we going to kill? I'm like, alright, is it is it that one? Nope. Oh, we're going to kill one of the kids? Okay. Oh, wait. It's like, no? This is a happy story? What's going on? <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, there, uh, I had literally no idea what to expect going in, and I enjoyed it. It's just like a, it's just like a pleasant, like, family fantasy film. Um, so it's also heavily referenced in this animation or kind of everywhere at large. It's like, I was noticing things. It's like, oh, that's where, why that one scene in Gravity Falls was set up like that. Or, oh, that was the punchline of that joke. Or it's like, hey, that's what Cthulhu sings in South Park. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> I didn't know that was a Totoro thing. So, uh, I mean, I'd seen pictures of Totoro, but... And I knew what it was. I just knew nothing else whatsoever about it. But uh, pretty positive impression. So, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of my first time experience. If I recall correctly, there was a Totoro stuffed doll in Toy Story Three, wasn't there? I don't know. Maybe. I believe there was. Uh, there might have. Um, yeah. but, it's sort of uh, funny, so, looking at all the original <laughs> Pokemon, like, I can kind of see, I can see, like, the, the point of reference for all of them, except, like, Snorlax, that's kind of random, and then I saw Totoro for the first time, like, when the first scene Totoro appears, and then I'm like, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, this was my first time watching this film, um, Bam. and, uh, at first... I thought with the English dub, uh, uh, um, the girls were annoying, uh, voice-wise. Harsh. Uh, for some re reason, whenever they uh, laughed, like, overly la la laughed. But, as the story, uh, 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 story went on, I really enjoyed the fantasy world that the, uh, the young girls were, were able to uh, imagine, and, uh, during the time of, you know, their mother's uh, so-called ailment, uh, so, uh, so um, I I had relatively positive thoughts about this uh, uh, film uh, for uh, for 
I mean, it was definitely different. I thought that Totoro was like kind of in between, like uh, having the body of an owl and uh, the face of a cat. So, um, it, it and uh, there were actually three Totoro uh, Tort Rows, weren't there? Well, more or less, yeah. You got, <laughs> you got his little mini companions, yeah. Yeah, the the, the mini me version, the mi middle yeah, size, the, the Morlax to uh, <laughs> Toro Snorlax. Uh, but uh, in any case, moving on to uh, um, Jake, why, uh, why, why don't you tell us your first um, impression? All right. Um... I honestly cannot recall exactly how many times I've seen this. I think this makes maybe four. I know the first time I saw it was uh, a few years back. Uh, you might have showed it to me, Brandon. I can't remember. You showed it to me or I might have checked it out. I can't remember. I feel like it was one of the earlier Ghibli films I saw. Um I cannot recall where it fell in the list. Um, it's a... I've always liked it. I've always felt like it's probably a, a, a one of the lesser Ghibli films, but partly that's because it is aimed at... Basically, it is a kid's film. Uh, it's one of the few animated films that I truly love that I consider to be a actual kids film uh, but it's just so well done um, but it's one that I think this was maybe my first time seeing it in English might have been the second I know I've seen it a couple times in Japanese um, both dubs are pretty decent um it's 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 a fun one, and yeah, like Dustin was mentioning, there's so many cultural touchstones off of this one. Um, it's kind of uh, I think Miyazaki himself has done glancing references to it in his other films, um, it, at the very least. And like I said, I know there was that Toy Story one, there was that lovely South Park one. Uh, <laughs> there been some. So would you say that? The so would you say that this film is like a cornerstone of, uh, of Miyazaki's uh, work or uh, the, something that he references it's when it goes back to it? It's an important one. I mean, they do use the the character as the Ghibli emblem. I mean, it is an important one for it. And I feel like, did he do a manga for this? I can't remember. Oh, no I feel like he might have. Um, but it definitely is a... Uh, I think yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's kind of a touchstone for Ghibli, I think, and for Miyazaki. And, um, yeah, it's a fun movie. I've always okay. enjoyed it. Before I go over to um, Brandon's first impressions, I, I, I wanted to ask uh, uh, both of you, uh, um, what do you think of uh, Studio Ghibli as a whole? Well, it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's... Uh, I do think that most American audiences pay a little too much attention to Ghibli. I mean, when when Mirai got an Oscar nod this year, it was a freaking miracle. You know, I mean, your name should have gotten one. Summer Wars should have gotten one. Oscar has completely ignored everything that's not Ghibli up until Mirai got the nod. 
Um, so I think in, in Western uh, audiences tend to be too hung up on Ghibli, but on its own part, it's pretty awesome, and they do do a lot of really good stuff. You can tell the South Park guys really love Ghibli. <laughs> For me, I look at it as simply as uh, it's a very quality uh, studio, but at the same time, as a double-edged sword, much like Jacob says, I feel like, though, it is, a, in one sense, uh, one of the few studios that film Americans have uh, taken, um, what's the word, uh, taken seriously. Yeah. Um, and, pardon me, I'm sorry about that. Um, any case, it is a good, uh, I think it's a good and a bad, because I feel like it's the first one they've taken seriously, and on top of that, it is the, uh, it is probably, uh, one of the things that they didn't take anybody else seriously. Right. Um, yeah. as far as my first impression, I'll get to that first, I've got to then run real quick. Um, it's not my first time. Uh, I watched it really early on in my DVD collecting days, Mononoke and Kiki's uh, delivery service were the first ones I've seen by Ghibli, but I really liked it. Okay. Um, yeah, I have seen more of that. But I've seen it four times. The Fox dub, the new dub I saw for the first time today, and I've seen it twice in Japanese. All right, I will move it on. Discussion. Okay. Um, going on to the plot. So apparently, uh, so in the very beginning, uh, we see the uh, the little girls traveling with their their father to a new place uh, that is somewhere uh, somewhere nearby where their mother is ailing away uh, in a nearby ho uh, hospital. Um, what do we think of the two, uh, two little girls? Well, when we were watching it today, I joked that May should have been named Echo. <laughs> <laughs> but they, I mean, they were kind of typical little girls. I mean, one's a little, well, I think almost twice the age of the other one. Um, and the, the ones like the little sister that looks up and follows her around and does, but they're mischievous. <laughs> <laughs> Full energy. So and, what you, <laughs> and what did you think of the, the two little girls, May and Satsuki, um, uh, Dustin? Well, I thought they were pretty believable characters. Like, the little kid, uh... <laughs> uh, early on, it's like, wow, they have so much energy. I kind of resent them. Because <laughs> uh, I, when I started this today, I was pretty tired. <laughs> so I'm kind of surprised I didn't black out uh, earlier. But, um, I mean, I thought they were pretty, like, solid characters. Like, uh, I mean, there's not a whole lot of characterization, I guess, you can do with a really young child like that. Uh, but you know, I I bought I bought their performances, like the voice acting, like as much as I would if I was watching like something live action. So I thought they were really good, uh, and they're given not exactly a lot of dimension, but I don't know this movie kind of delivers on like the ground level. Like you get what you want out of the scenes. 
So, like, there wasn't a whole lot... Uh, I'm not sure how to phrase this. Well, they were uh, they were good char- they were good characters. Like they didn't have a ton of depth, but they didn't really need it. But they were still believable as people that the story experiencing this story and having these things happen to them. So, <laughs> like they were um, good. <laughs> okay. Um, whereas my original thoughts were uh, were that the little girls uh, were annoying at first but that, that was that was because they were doing a lot of yelling um the, i think the, the they were doing a lot of laughing together they even laughed with their father in one scene that was uh, that uh, it, it's not that i have a problem with laughing but when when it's too much going on um it does get a little tedious but um that being said i i like dustin said there wasn't really a lot of each character, but I, I do believe that there was some death um, oh, yeah. done separately. Done separately. Uh, uh, first on the little girl as she went off into the forest after mini me um, Totoro. Um, <laughs> so that's what we call it, mini me Totoro. What else do you want to call it? Do you want to uh, call it a little ghost gun drop? I think that works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah mini me sister versus mini me total. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but real, uh, real, quick, uh, about, real, real quick note though, and Dustin's comment on the um, total characterization aspect. Uh, we we talked about Mirai. The protagonist of Mirai is slightly younger than May. And he is very well developed, but the the movie does suffer from the same issue. When you have such a young protagonist, it, it does a lot of the movie, a lot of your um, mileage does depend on your tolerance for yelling and lots of energy. <laughs> yeah. No, they do do a fair job of characterizing the girls. Um, you know, they, they give them a little bit of a with the adventurousness and the uh, you know the thing with their mother, where they you know chose you know kind of their family connections and whatnot. Um, yeah. But, well, and, and I like that the the family has kind of a, a close knit. Um, relationship. Um, uh, how the father seems to be definitely involved in their life, and he 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 seems to uh, have a, a humor to him. Uh, uh, like when they got uh, when the little girls got scared of the mothballs, uh, and the fact that they they made the mothballs kind of a creature. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it was kind of cute. Um, the sprites. <laughs> the um, Sith Gremlins. Or everyone had a slightly different name for them. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, I I liked how the, the 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 family part was fleshed out. Uh, you you could tell that uh, that they were a family that really cared about each other. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
And um, actually, it was kind of funny when we were watching it earlier. We were watching it in the common room where we're staying this week. And a couple of people who weren't familiar with the film were like, where's the mother? I was like, well, you, there's a reason why you don't see her in early scenes. <laughs> I was surprised but, uh, she was alive. Like, no, no joke. Like, all those other movies, like, just had me, like, ready for something bad. Like, uh. <laughs> It's just like, okay, where's the negativity? Come on. Yeah. Um, so, uh, w- once we meet, once we meet the character of Pokoro, um, mm-hmm. what do we think of it? Uh, is gonna fall into its mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he comes off at first as like, uh, well, what kind of creature is this? <laughs> <laughs> well, but he's like, like, I, like I said, I, th- I thought that he was like something in between uh, an owl and having like the face of a cat. What do you guys think? It could be like a big panda creature that lives in the forest. Panda <laughs> <laughs> owl cat. Yes. A very strange creature. I thought it was very intimidating at first just because I didn't know what to make of it. It looked more like a bear to me with the claws. Apparently, uh, apparently the Japanese word for troll is Totoro. And uh, apparently Totoro's name is based on the girls messing up that word and, and mispronouncing it. Which... Uh, I think that's kind of appropriate. Obviously, this is a more whimsical troll than, say, a uh, Shrek-type character, you know? <laughs> or, like a, or like a troll hunter troll, if you guys have seen that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of particularly like after the girls give Totoro an umbrella, and then, like, you know, him and his little mini-me's have their little umbrellas and that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they try it out they they really like having them right I thought that was a kind of a I thought that was kind of a fun scene when they give him the umbrella uh, and like the echo of like the rain hitting it he's like ooh and so he's just like trying to get raindrops to like hit it <laughs> that was a cute scene yeah that was a fun scene I like the scene where uh, where the uh, mothballs just blew out the, uh, out the window and you saw them go up into the sky. Which actually, the, the soot demons, that's an example of where this film kind of got, uh, where Miyazaki kind of did a slight return. Because I, I don't think I'd really thought about this before, but when you think about it, they return exactly as they are in Spirited Away. So I think that was probably a conscious choice on his part to bring them back for Spirited Away. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. I always find it interesting how everybody seems to find it uh, lovely to uh, live in a haunted house. (laughs) Or how that concept... (laughs) I always wanted to live in a haunted house. Or even the kids... Cool, it's haunted! Exactly. <laughs> and whereas his wife had their house exercised. <laughs> I think it would be awesome to live in a haunted house. Even when I was uh, even when I was a kid. 
scare the shit out of me. Uh, 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 you know, I mean, it, it wouldn't be fun. I mean, uh, at least I wouldn't have been the only ghoul. Well, it could be fun if you if you uh, like the idea of screwing with any guests you might have. having only a brief experience with uh, actual haunting myself uh, I will say that it is not necessarily fun Um, matter of fact it kind of keeps you up at night (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay so um are there any other characters that we uh, want uh, want to talk about? Uh, maybe uh, how about the uh, that that bus that uh, <laughs> that was uh, the that cat, was bus. A cool bus. cat bus? Yeah, like the cat MVP. bus was like the MVP. That was true art design right there coming <laughs> up with that. <laughs> I keep thinking of a joke that I came up with, uh, up with because ever since I saw Human Centipede, uh, I joke with. Um, our cat, uh, where where she's got this like uh, centipede, except I call uh, I call it a kittypede because it's hers. It's like a one of those crinkly toys, and, and it looks like a centipede. It's a caterpillar, but yeah. I call it a kittypede. Oh, <laughs> the multiple the multiple legs on the cat bus, um, yeah. which again you see on merchandise everywhere, and it's like, oh, that's what that. This is this is what that's from. Uh, I think was my reaction to the cat bus at first, but um, the multiple legs reminded me of Appa from Avatar: The Last Airbender. So uh, I think yeah. that's a, I think that's probably a intentional reference there. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, Avatar was pretty awesome, and I'm sure they drew from a lot of good sources. Um, but yeah, I I gotta say though. I'm not sure. I love cats. I'm a cat person. But I would not necessarily trust them as a form of transportation. Well, <laughs> you bother me on the cat, just like anything else. Or you have well, a cat straight out human teeth. That just, like, freaks me out. He has, like, luminescent rats for his headlights or something oh, like yeah. that. The smile... The smile of Totoro and the smile of the cat bus reminded me of the Cheshire cat. Yes, yes, it's definitely a Cheshire quality there. No doubt about that. <laughs> so I wonder if uh, that's where they kind of drew some inspiration from. Now, I will say they're both more trustworthy than the Cheshire cat, that's for sure. <laughs> but. Friendly forest spirits. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, so was the Cheshire cat, in a way. Well, <laughs> oh, he was friendly, quote-unquote. Kind of like the friendly dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um, what do we think about the character of Granny? Oh, Granny was funny. With the um, although it was kind of funny at the beginning, I think we, we again we were watching it kind of in a common area, and she said something about how she'd been taking care of the house the whole time, and I think the reaction was something like, "Well, what did she do?" 
falling apart, yes. And you were just walking by it and looking at it and, and saying that you were. <laughs> she was there to establish a lot of the lore. Well, yeah. She's almost the Greek chorus of the series, of the movie, really. Well, did anybody catch how um, early on she mentions, oh, when I was your age, I could see them too? Yeah. And that kind of established the rules of how these things, of how these spirits worked. Well, it's, oh, go ahead. it's all that uh, concept, if you think about it. Is this stuff real that's going on, or is this something in their heads? Well, it seems to be... I don't know if this is necessarily a Japanese thing. I feel like this is a, a kind of a more commonplace. But it's kind of the idea that when you're young, and your mind is not, uh, I guess closed in by the world, if that makes sense. Like, you can see things because you don't yet disbelieve. So it's kind of that sort of notion, you know? Like, these kids are still very young, and they're still free to imagine that, yes, hauntings are very real. And, oh, obviously there are soot demons and all this stuff, you know what I mean? It's, well, uh, and yeah. And children are very impressionable, especially when they're very young. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so when they hear the news that uh, that their mother has taken a turn for the worse, um, yeah. that's when things kind of go a little sideways. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, May, um, wasn't wasn't she going to take some corn to her mother? Or, or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, sh her sister, uh, because of the argument, they um, she was in a search and frenzy to find her. And that's mm -hmm. when she called upon Tort Otero. Mm-hmm. So uh, what do we think about that sequence of events? The, um, <laughs> well, the, uh, they did, there was their attempt to, to add a little bit of that, that darkness to the story, or a little bit of, I guess you could say, gravitas to the story. Um, and also, apparently, uh, Hayamazaki <coughs> drew from his own life for that. Apparently, his mother, his mother, suffered, according to this, his mother suffered from spinal tuberculosis for nine years and spent a good deal of time in the hospital. And they never really say in the film that it's tuberculosis, but it's kind of implied, you know, kind of, sort of. Um, but basically, uh, I guess, instead of him and, and maybe a brother... Uh, they, he made girls to make it less personally painful, um, but definitely drew from his own life for that. For that, um, okay. I think also that might have been one of the reasons why the film is more positive than upbeat. Again, kind of make it a little less uh, personal. But um, yeah, that whole sequence does get a little dark. But it does, uh, you know, of course that works out, you know. 
So and there's nowhere near as dark as the companion films. <laughs> well, what's interesting is that we have already um, discussed a film of his before. Um, we discussed Lupin the Third Castle yep. at Cleopatra. Yep. So, what do you think about the contrast between uh, Cagliostro, which uh, came out in 1979, and the animation in uh, this feature, My Neighbor Totoro, which came out in 1988? Oh, it seems, it seems like the animation has had definitely like improved in a decade. Uh, like we had, I remembered more detail, like, and them being able to kind of, I guess, do more with it. Like, you could have right. a little bit better, like, camera coverage. Uh, I, I bet, Brand, I'm not an anime guy, so I bet Brandon and Jake have a way better way to phrase that than I do. Well, I think you're right, that it definitely animation, from what I've seen, I've seen very little... From the 70s, Cagliostro uh, is one of the few. But what I've seen almost consistently, the 80s was better than the 70s for animation. Um, but also in the 70s, he was basically a director for hire yeah. for a movie that was based on a long-running series. Uh, or it was a, about to be a long-running series, but it was already becoming a popular franchise. Yeah. And this one was more of a, like, his studio, his, uh, he had more control, more, you know. It was still kind of a fledgling studio, because uh, this and Grave of the Fireflies were basically the second releases. Uh, Castle of the Sky was basically the first. So they didn't have a normal budget. Hmm? I really like Castle of the Sky, uh, which oh, was... Uh, oh, yeah. I love that one. Uh, I mean, keep in mind, uh, I mean, just as he said, with uh, Lupin the Third, there's, uh, whenever you're doing an animation uh, on a, a franchise, mm -hmm. you've got to look at the style mm -hmm. that you are, uh, that the person is drawing the characters in. And yeah. though you could see some of uh, Miyazaki's art in some of the alternative characters throughout, he still had to stick to that basic art style for the main recognizable characters. Mm -hmm. Lupin, Jigen, these characters. Uh, if you see a movie based off of a series, a lot of that animation is done as close to the art style of the comic of the uh, mainstay series as it can. So really and truly, you're going from uh, partial creative control to full creative control. Right. So I think the uh, the animation definitely was a step up, uh, from, you know, but it probably is nowhere near where Ghibli would get later on. I mean, you know, some of their later ones. Uh, Princess Mononoke is a good example. Yeah, so. Spirited, yeah. Spirited Away is a visually gorgeous film. You know, there are some later ones that upped a bit, but um, yeah, the. Uh, uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, moving on to um, what do we think of the... Uh, now, Granny has a grandson, correct? Or nephew? 
Something like that. Yeah, he doesn't necessarily do a whole lot, like, actively. I, I, well, I don't know, he has, he has a role in the story, but I don't remember anything particular about his character other than, you know, he likes the older girl. He likes her, but is scared shitless of her. Like, afraid to talk to her. Well, I mean... Yeah, he reminded me of a younger version of the older child from A Grave of the Fireflies, design-wise. Yeah, maybe that's what happens. Maybe when, uh, when he gets older, he, he'll get like a sister, and uh, that, that's maybe this is like the past. This is a prequel. No, this is clearly set in contemporary times, though. It wasn't a period piece, really. Yeah. Uh, Incidentally, you know, I kind of alluded to this. Grand Fireflies. Yeah, this was a double bill with Grave of the Fireflies. Grave of the Fireflies was by Ghibli co-founder Isao Takahata, and he and Miyazaki, they tried to do that for their swan songs as well, for Wind Rises and uh, The Tale of the Princess Kagi, and it didn't happen. But this was a double bill. The two films were released on the same day, on the same ticket, and supposedly, those who came to see the one that started with Totoro mostly did not stay to see Grave of the Fireflies. But those who came to see Fireflies first, almost all stayed to see Totoro. And I don't really blame them, because I love Grave of the Fireflies, but it'd be nice to have a upbeat, cheerful movie to follow. <laughs> Gotta have a palate cleanser there somewhere. <laughs> They're very I'm like earlier this year when on um, the last drive-in with Joe Bob, like they played Wolf Cop, which is like a fun like horror comedy, and then they followed that with Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, and it was just like the most buzz crashing thing of all time. <laughs> um, I'm, I'd imagine it would be like that. Although then again, I personally think Grave of the Firefly sucks, so I would have left too. <laughs> Yeah. See, I, I do, I mean, I rated it as my top film of, you know, I I think it's a really, really good film, but, and I know he hates it, Brandon, and I, but uh, it's definitely not a happy-go-lucky film. There's no two ways about it. And I still remember my utter shock of a Japanese friend telling me that she had grown up with Grave of the Fireflies, and I'm like, that's a great show. Really? Great movie show your child. <laughs> um, I, I mean, guess I got the Alien when I was four. I mean, it's not that, not that bad. Well, actually, uh, Red Fireflies was meant to be seen by children. It was. Because it, was. it was meant as a piece to tell children. It was a piece to basically tell contemporary children, this is how you're supposed to act. Do not act like the older child. It was basically a it was basically a society piece. It was a preachy piece, and to me, that that lost it. I I do still appreciate the art in the Grave of the Fireflies. I don't hate it. I would never watch it again. It's a film. It's a film. I tell people you, it's one that you should watch, but only once. And you get everything that you need out of it the first time, 
Anything else is just torturing yourself. It just doesn't make sense. See, I disagree, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I learned myself that the, uh, that the entire film was actually based on um, tr uh, a true story. Um, My neighbor's Totoro? No, um, the, well, uh, as, um, what, as, um, Jake said, uh, said, there was, a, uh, there was something that was based on a true story in this, uh, in, in Totoro, right? Uh, he had a mother, but, there was some uh, elements taken from life, um, Miyazaki yeah, does that a lot, he'll, he'll draw from reality, Without doing something that's really based in reality, I'm you know, it's kind of yeah. yeah. Well, that was not exactly a true story either, because the older kid who died—well, they both die—but the older one is based on the one who wrote the book that the movie's based on. So he obviously survived and wrote the yeah. book, but they changed it a little bit for the film, but. It's um, yeah, they're both they're both fun, but like I said, very different. Um, but as far as this one goes, I guess did we uh, we talked about the animation. What do y'all think of the music? Oh, the music uh, is cool. Like it had good music. Yeah, it's iconic. Yeah, it kind of is. I mean, again, that Totoro song was so lovely spoofed in South Park. It's oh my god, yes. <laughs> I actually, uh, in our in our uh, pre-show chat, like, Brandon, you shared that, and I've been busy, like, pretty bad, badly all week, so I actually didn't see that. And so when the when the to, 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 well when the song started to play, it was like it totally caught me by surprise, and I was like, "That's what that was referencing." Oh, okay. And then I saw it's like, "Oh, Brandon put it in the chat." All right, I don't have to share this myself now. <laughs> but yeah, that's the uh, I I don't see a lot of South Park, but I saw that episode, and when they played that, I was sitting there going, "Oh my god, I haven't enjoyed South Park this much since the movie." <laughs> But uh, they followed by killing Justin Bieber. <laughs> well, what played us? <laughs> but yeah, and then the general music, of course. Uh, one thing about Ghibli is they have an in-house musician. Uh, Joe Hisaishi has done the music on almost all their films, and the main exception, the glorious exception, is the Secret World of Varietti. But Hisaishi does very good job. He's a very good uh, composer, and um, I, I like his work on this one. Definitely, it 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 fits. I think. And uh, the Japanese and the uh, English dub of it. Yeah. It's musically, it's not all that different. Um, when you, I mean, I've listened to them back to back, they and they sound job. very, very similar. So you hear one you'll hear the other one's tones and basic basic concepts coming through. So that's, that's pretty good. It's not like some of the other ones. Like a, a good example, uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. Now, they did away with this later on uh, when Disney took over. Uh, but 
Kiki's Delivery Service, and um, gosh, what was the one about the uh, the cat returns? The other one, Whispers of the Heart. Whispers of the Heart. Uh, they actually had uh, original music written for the English dubs, which was pretty cool in and of they itself. They did that for Whisper of the Heart. There was one, and I can't remember what the title was. Why they used English stuff at the beginning? Yeah, well. That's weird. Uh, again, this is this is I think it's Fox or somebody. I can't remember who had it. But uh, the as far as the other one, um, uh, there were two songs, and I actually really love the songs that they used for Kiki's Delivery Service. So it's the only reason why I keep the old dub of it, mm-hmm. uh, much like I keep the Fox dub of this because it's an entirely different dub. And they and supposedly, if I wanted to watch them back to back, the uh, newer dub. Is actually different in tone, to, different tonally than the uh, older dub, and there are many people who actually prefer the older dub. He prefers the uh, Japanese. Well, especially because <laughs> of something that amuses me. Of course, being anime fans, we're big fans of Rumiko Takahashi. And about the time this show came out, she had one series, the best series ever, Mason Koku, had just ended. And Ranma One Half was just about to begin. The the lead female love interest in Meizan Nikoku, Sumi Shimamoto, or no, Kyoko Tanashi, is played by Sumi Shimamoto. She plays the mother. And the lead female love interest in Ranma One Half, Akane Tendo, is played by Noriko Hidaka, who plays Satsuki. So the mother and the older daughter are played by those. I just thought that was kind of amusing. But the English dub is notable because it's Dakota and Elle Fanning playing the daughters. And is it, have they done any other movies together? If they haven't, they should. But I just find that kind of interesting, too. Um, Elle, in particular, has become a very notable actress over the, over the years. And yeah, so. But anyway, and this was her voice, first voice acting credit. She was probably, what, like six when they did this? Well, I don't know. She was young. Anyway. I find it interesting that there was a live-action version of The Grave of the Butter- of Butterflies. Yeah, it's hard to find. What? I've seen it. Yeah. Um, well, I wonder why it would be hard to find. It seems like something you kind of, kind of want to most, bury. <laughs> most live-action Japanese stuff is hard to find. I really want to see the live-action Kiki's Delivery Service, but I've never found it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing to look at those, and you really can see the difference between Miyazaki and uh, Takahata, I believe it was. He's on Takahata. And you can see the difference in their styles, even at the beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. So it is kind of interesting to look at the contrast. But I much prefer the contrast of the Princess Kaguya and the Wind Rises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're both good times. Alrighty, so um, uh, did we look at the production values at all? I mean, I think it? we covered that. I think we covered that when we talked about the animation um, quality, because, I mean, the production value on. Like, most anime is just in, you know, like, how much effort they put into it. And this movie just looks great. I mean, I can't, uh, I can't quite think of any other way to 
describe it. Uh, like there's, since we should probably do favorites uh, pretty soon. I think maybe my favorite sequence was uh, after they give Totoro the umbrella. Uh, <coughs> he gives them like a bunch of acorns and they plant them and they're waiting for them to grow. And one night Totoro and some of the smaller Totoros come out and they do this thing where they basically magically pull like the seedlings out of the ground and they grow into huge trees like immediately. Uh, and that whole sequence was like extremely cool and very well done technically. So, I, mean, I have to... everything about this movie was just great. Like it's 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 kind of cliche sounding, but it's really true. It's like I, I see why this was so popular for so long now. So... You know, I have, I have to take a moment to point out that this is three anime in a row that you've given a very positive review to. <laughs> well, again, the before I started watching the anime that you guys were suggesting, I mean, all the anime I was seeing was just, you know, like, sword art online or whatever dumb crap my one friend likes. SIO like, had its moments, but it also had reasons for people to hate it. I will oh, admit. Gosh. Well, and we, uh, and the, memes are, the memes are not kind to sword art online, like... Well, yeah, you either love it or you hate it. That's the only two people for Sword Art Online. It sounds like most people hate it. Uh, but, but, I mean, this also was picked by the anime community, a lot of them, because we had lots of these uh, anime fan groups that helped uh, pick these four this time around, which is very cool. Good. Uh, but uh, I agree with you on that. My favorite scene was uh, the where they were waiting on the bus, but I like that whole sequence. Yeah. From the start, where it was very creepy as it was getting dark, and they'd have the the bicycle just ride by in the middle of the night, and you just have the two girls in the middle of nowhere sitting there waiting for that bus, and then of course the cat bus showing up after <laughs> that. It's just uh, all of that happening in the same. It was all that cool stuff, <laughs> a little bit of suspense and a little bit of, of just awesome fantasy at the same time. Not to mention just Totoro just kind of showing up and just chilling, you know, having it, just waiting for the bus like a regular person. <laughs> I was amused by that. But yeah, I agree with Dustin. I like that dance they did over the garden. That was really fun, too. That was uh, just, that was fun. And I feel like there was one other moment I wanted to mention. <laughs> Some of the highlights there, I think... We'll go with that, if I think of when I saw When I saw that, uh, I don't know why, but, uh, but, uh, but when I saw that uh, sequence when they were, da uh, when they were uh, getting up and uh, waving their arms up and down, I kept thinking to myself uh, what Pooh Bear uh, uh, was singing. Uh, up, down, touch the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if it makes trees erupt out of the ground, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's like, it's like the fusion dance. Like, the chant can be stupid, but as long as it works, worth it. <laughs> Man, now you all have the Heffalump song stuck in my head, too. <laughs> I'm not doing that ridiculous dance to become a godlike being for a half hour. That was a phenomenal Winnie the Pooh song, though. <laughs> I was, you, uh, I, was, I was telling Dragon Ball Z jokes, I'm sorry. Uh, if you uh, look at Miyazaki's work, that song, uh, 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 
pink elephants on parade. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, if you look at Miyazaki's work, nature is always a front runner. Yeah. Or it has some involvement. Uh, I mean, he has always been known for his love of the environment and protecting the environment, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, for people who are not very environmentally conscious, this can become preachy in some of the films, like, say, Nausicaa, Valley of the Wind. Um, but yeah. the, uh, the concept of, you know, how precious nature is and how amazing nature is, is throughout all of it. And Totoro is no exception in that. And actually, Miyazaki does have a, the, the love and appreciation for nature is one of his uh, through lines. Another one is his obsession with flight. And you do have that part with the flying dreidel, which I always find kind of oh, interesting. Yeah. But, like, you, you always have someone flying somewhere in a Miyazaki film. That seems to always be a thing. And, um... Yeah, and really, in really creepy old ladies that are usually really nice. Uh, <laughs> that seems to be a thing. Interesting. Well, yep. in any case, um, is there anything else that anyone would like to bring up about uh, this particular film before we? Uh, um, I, I think we've covered all the bases. Yeah, uh, if for some reason you have been holding out on seeing My Neighbor Totoro, you know, go see it. Uh, like, it's just great. You know, uh, I kind of wish I had a deeper level of commentary to offer here, but you know, like, <laughs> I don't like my... Oh, it was good. Just go <laughs> Um, that, and then go watch Godzilla. <laughs> I'm going to do very soon, and I'm so excited. <laughs> so, um, Dustin, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Right, that's me. Uh, well, uh, I live here in Milwaukee, and I'm a horror collector. Uh, I have a channel for... Uh, unboxings, collections, and I've been trying to start doing reviews, too. Uh, I am The Crypt of Horrors here on YouTube. And that's also my Twitter handle, where I'm hanging out far too frequently these days. Uh, so you can interact with me there. I have an Instagram for the horror collection, too. Uh, also, The Crypt of Horrors. Um, and I'm looking to start my own dedicated horror podcast pretty soon, so... Uh, that should be fun. Yeah. Uh, lot, lot going on. Too much going on. <laughs> Got me. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, moving on to Brandon. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, won't you? Well, uh, I'm Septim Stan of Septim Send versus the World. Uh, we are a uh, YouTube channel dedicated to the collection and appreciation of physical media, uh, be that the reviews, uh, top ten lists, uh, or other various things, such as pickup or uh, uh, upcoming release uh, news. We try to uh, show that appreciation in every step of the way with our channel. Upcoming this week, we do have a movie review for Cult of the Shadow People, uh, which has been filmed and ready to go. So that's something fun to look forward to for the rest of the week.
Cool. Mm-hmm. Oh. But uh, that was, um, and that's uh, it for this, for mine. <laughs> okay. Um, going over to Jake, why don't you tell us a little bit about the show and what you do? All right, I'm Jake. I'm also a uh, big-time movie, DVD, CD, what-have-you collector. I got a little carried away with it today, as a matter of fact. Uh, (laughs) I'm going hurting for that one. But uh, at any rate, the... uh, and I also frequently guest on Septum Sin versus the World. Uh, as he said, we have an assortment of fun uh, videos headed your way in the near and foreseeable future. Um, I also have my own channel, Kodabuki Jake, that is de- devoted to nature and the natural world. Very poorly updated, but I have some very good reason to believe there'll be some videos coming up in the next week or so, because I have been seeing some pretty cool nature in the last few days, and I feel like I need to turn a couple of those observations into videos, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, So look forward to that yourselves. And um, otherwise, I... Do have a hub pages, Kotobuki Jake as well. Doesn't get updated much, but check it out. It's got some good stuff. And I'll do for me. <laughs> oh, uh, one, uh, one more thing before we turn it over to you, Dave. Um, don't forget, September is going to be Supernatural September yes. uh, with our starting movie for next week, The Craft. Yes. And uh, stay tuned because we will have a new recruit. Hey, I don't have a problem. We do? But, uh, yeah, uh, we'll have someone else coming, uh, coming on with us. Um, oh. That is a mystery guest. Oh. Um, uh, for now. <laughs> so uh, stay, uh, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for an so, exciting episode. Our will be destroyed, I see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, um, uh, l- l- let's see what the episode brings us. So, uh, in, in any case, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Is that what I haven't gotten to see it yet. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for a great discussion. Stay tuned. All right. You. You're still recording, aren't you? Nice job, Kermit. Thank you. Nice job, Kermit. Thank you. Nice job, Kermit. Thank you.